Hey everyone, welcome to another session of Conversations with Courageous Cancer Warriors. And today I've got to tell you, we have an amazing guest. We have Dr. Amy Duffy, who has an amazing book that she has out. We're going to be talking about retreats. And if you want to learn more about her, she's been on every single platform from the Harvard Club of Boston to really um, CNN, right? This woman is a powerhouse and we are so excited to have her here. Amy, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Enjoy it. Thanks for having me. So um, tell me a little bit about, like, so you're a physician. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a medical doctor, uh, family practice by trade. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, how did you get into this whole, you know, we call functional or integrative medicine. And it goes way back to um, when I was little, I absolutely loved babies, 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 babies was all I wanted to think about and play with babies. And so I did a lot of babysitting in my uh, childhood. I, and my first job was 11 years old as a babysitter. And um, when I was 17, I was a senior in high school. And one of the families that I was, um, uh, had got really close with asked me or invited me, I guess, to be in the delivery room when they were having another baby. So this is an amazing experience. I don't think even then, like we never really seen anything on TV or movies, you know, I had no, no real expectation of what was going to happen. So I was just super excited. And that experience as the process went on and, and just for lack of time, I could go into 20 minutes of telling that story about the delivery itself, but baby Joshua was born, put on mom's chest. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I want to do this. I'm going to be a doctor. I don't want to be a pediatrician anymore. I want to deliver babies. So that was kind of this, you know, changing experience for me. So went to college, went to medical school, um, thought I was going to do OBGYN, um, but they didn't seem very happy <laughs> in my, in the, in the residency that I was in or the, or the medical school. Sorry. I just, uh, I don't know. They just seem overworked, overtired, kind of the classic, what you would think about residency, um, from movies and TV shows like Grey's Anatomy, stuff like that. And then I did a family practice rotation and they were like, I mean, it was like rainbows and, and flowers. I mean, I don't, I don't want to put that down because it really was serious. And we do, we do learn a lot and hard work, but like they had a schedule, half of them were pregnant in their residency. So it's all about family oriented. I had had a baby in medical school already. So I was already a mom um, at that point and knew that I needed something that was going to be fitting with what my family life was going to be. So I chose family practice, but I knew that I loved the idea of delivering babies and they're still in this world are family physicians who deliver babies. So I chose a residency program that was um, heavy in obstetrics in a rural uh, South Carolina town here in Seneca, South Carolina. And so delivered babies. And lucky for me, about a year after I graduated from my residency, one of the local OBGYN groups offered me a position to be a partner in their group. So I jumped right into not only delivering more babies, but this whole women's health thing that I got two weeks of training in and in residency. So this was around, it was like 15 years ago. So this is around the time when women's health initiative was, was a big deal. And we were talking about the, the dangers of hormone replacement. And I had all these women who were either on hormones or needed hormones. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, should I come off of them? I don't want to start them. I'm scared, you know, this whole conversation. And I was a little bit like, 
I don't like the numbers either. I'm not sure that I want to prescribe something that we're seeing is, you know, women are dying after being on these medications. That was particularly like Premarin and Prempro. So I started researching and, and digging in a little bit more and happened upon this whole idea of bioidentical hormones. Never had heard of that in my entire medical training or career. Um, and I ended up at a conference with, with some other physicians on um, natural hormone balancing and bioidentical hormones. And it was like Alice in Wonderland going through this little tiny, you know, hole into this like rainforest of amazingness. And I'm like, how did we not know that this existed? Why didn't anybody tell us this? And so that's really what prompted me to start looking at alternatives to what I had been trained in terms of what are the hormone imbalances? What are the deficiencies? If we just, you know, replace that with bioidentical hormones that get us back to normal, then, you know, we feel good and we don't have to worry about these big side effects. So that's really where my book, Normal Doesn't Have Side Effects, come from is that if we can just get people back to normal, we're not dealing with the conversation about what are the bad things that can happen if I take this medication. So it all started with hormones and delivering babies and then has just progressed because you can take that theory and put it to, you know, gut health, brain health, heart health, um, everything, you know, mental health, you know, what's, what's out of balance? Do you really have depression or do you have a hormone imbalance? Do you have, um, you know, nutritional deficiencies? Is your gut a mess on the inside that's, you know, creating this you know, gut brain barrier dysfunction that can cause a lot of symptoms there. So that's really where this whole process started. And now, you know, I do what I do and it's awesome. And we are so fortunate. So first and foremost, guys, if you don't know what residency like is life is like, it is hard. I trained residents my entire career. And I have to tell you, they were so grateful for the PAs because we tried to lessen the burden for them. So I commend you first and foremost for being like open after seeing someone giving birth at such a young age that sometimes can be traumatizing for people and they end up on the floor, right? It's kind of like autopsy. You don't want to kind of see it. <laughs> but um, I absolutely love what you, where your journey brought you. And you have just in the small introduction have said so many powerful things and i can't agree with you more that you know if we can have a natural modality to make people feel better it's definitely the way we want to go i know for myself from my experience through breast cancer you know they put me on tamoxifen and it was like probably the worst thing that i could have gone through um so yeah. how in your in your opinion how can patients advocate for themselves when you know I, I hate to say it this way, but sometimes people are kind of like, here, take this and, and just go and deal with the side effects and you're fine. Yeah. What can they do for themselves? And I agree. I mean, that's a scary place because especially when you're dealing with, um, you know, something as I want to say acute as cancer, it's not always acute, but it's different than, oh, you have high cholesterol. You know, I mean, it's not, right. that's not as scary, even though it could end in the same results. Like, you know, you get this cancer diagnosis and it's very scary. And, you know, you're looking at this, this provider who is supposed to be an expert in their field. And they're telling you, this is what you need to do to not die. So it really is a tough place for, for patients to be because you don't know, you know, and you, and you want to trust that person, but even, you know, then it's like, okay, well, you're giving me this stuff that feels like it's poison and, you know, I don't feel good. And is this, 
really what I have to do or not. And so, and it's hard because the internet is full of information, right? And it's really hard to trust, you know, in that situation, I'm going to Google alternative treatments to breast cancer. And you're like, you know, can I really trust this? What's going on? So it's not so much looking for alternative ways to treat cancer. And what I tell patients all the time that come to me, they don't come to me to treat their cancer. I don't do that. I'm not an oncologist. I'm not a cancer doctor. But what I'll tell you is that cancer is an insult to your body. It's an inflammatory response. And our goal is not really to treat the cancer, but our goal is to help your body to manage it the best way that it can. And that's not only while you're going through an acute treatment, but the long term, obviously, is to be, um, you know, be in remission, but but that it's not going to come back either. So what are the things that we need to do differently in your life so that one, you can fight it now and survive through the, the chemo and treatments and all that kind of stuff. And then also be confident that you're doing everything that we possibly know we can do to keep it from coming back later. So we do a lot of work in what's our diet, what's our you know, what's, what are deficiencies? You know, we know that um, vitamin D deficiency can lead to cancer um, or, or exacerbate the process, you know, that kind of stuff. So there, there are things that we can do to test and see where you are. We can heal your gut. We can work on your, on your immune system, and we can help support you from that mental health perspective, which is a lot of what that stress is about is, you know, I'm going through a tough time. I'm already taking medication. I don't know that I'm depressed. Do I need an antidepressant? I don't really want to go down that road, but what are some things that, you know, we could support with, you know, supplementation or, or things like that. And I think when you have some support from that perspective and also some control, okay, I can't control the medications these doctors are taking me or, or what my response is going to be, but I can control what I eat. You know, I can control how I move my body and try to detox a little bit. I can control the things I'm telling my brain. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of work in just, you know, these positive mindset mantras kind of thing. Like I am healthy. I am, you know, I am strong. I can beat this, you know, that kind of stuff that, that you go through. So that's really where I say our approach is and, and, there is research there. So you're not Googling, how do I fight breast cancer? But you're Googling, how do I reduce inflammation in my body? How do I, you know, find out what things might be causing stress on my system? How do I find a doctor like that, you know, that can help support me or a, or a coach or somebody that's going to give you some, some guidance outside of just what you're reading on the internet? Yeah. And that's so valuable. That's such valuable information. And, you know, I can't agree with you more about we can only control what we can control, right? So a lot of us are in the spot where we have to take these medications, you know, um, but it doesn't mean they have to be the end all be all. You know, right. there are also the alternatives that you can do, you know, if uh, Reiki, meditation, yoga, yoga is a, for me is a form of meditation and movement. It's amazing, right? But, and then you could do, you know, some people believe in ozone and you could do infrared therapy and hyperbaric chambers, right? There's the list yeah, goes do, on and you know, on. We do, vitamin, we do high dose vitamin C here in my yeah. office. And there's a lot of research on that. And again, I'm not telling the patients don't get your chemo and come here instead. I can cure you, but let's do this together. And oftentimes, 
if we find the right oncologist, they're often happy and willing to collaborate, you know, and that, you know, they can go get their chemo. And in the in between, if they're doing chemo every three or four weeks or whatever, they'll come here and get IV therapy. And, and of course, you know, I try to convince them or convince is not the right word, add in, you know, let's work on your diet, let's work on other supplements that could be helpful at the same time. So absolutely, there are so many different modalities. My massage therapist that I go to um, actually is a breast cancer survivor as well. And I, she's in her late forties, I think. So she told me her story was that when she was going through her treatments, the only thing that made her feel better was getting her weekly massage. Mm -hmm. And so as she kind of came through and, and started feeling better and, and cancer was gone, um, you know, she realized, Hey, what do I want to do with my life? And I want to help people feel the way that I felt and, and go through that process. So she went and got her massage, um, certification and training and is now a massage therapist, um, you know, okay. with her goal of helping people feel the way that she did while she was going through her treatment. So I yeah. Just and, and, and that's exactly why I became a coach, right? Yeah. So I, I left the PA world in order to go and help people because I'm like, if I was overwhelmed, and I had the medical background, then how did anybody else get through it? So exactly. you said something that was really great. Um, well, you said a lot of things that were really great. The, <laughs> the one thing that I, I really love is that that gut connection. It is so important and make sure, you know, a lot of people believe that your illnesses stem from the gut. What's your opinion on that? Oh, absolutely. And, and I can't say there's a direct connection between you know, cancer and, and gut issues, but we are seeing, and, and it used to be a term that was sort of a, a woohoo, you know, this is weird alternative medicine, but there's so many studies and data now on the whole leaky gut thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, where is that coming from? And people like, why, you know, why are we always talking about gluten? And, and you know, why does everything have to be gluten-free? We didn't have that when we were young. You know, where is this all coming from? Is this just a fad? in the healthcare, you know, world or whatever. And I think, I mean, we can go way back when our, our lives have changed, our food has changed, everything has changed, and we're just exposed to this mess. And, you know, again, what can you control is, you know, trying to eat the foods that are not, you know, messed with as much. So the non-GMO, the, you know, organic, as many, uh, uh, what I say is try to eat the food in as little steps as possible from where it came from to how it gets in your mouth, right? So an apple, you pick off the tree and you eat it, hopefully organic, so you don't have to be washing it from, um, you know, all the chemicals. But, you know, we we go eat wheat or gluten, you know, we go eat a piece of bread or whatever, like we didn't go just pick the wheat out of the field and chew on it. And then we don't go just take spoonfuls of flour and eat it. So there's a lot of steps that have to go on to create this piece of bread. Um, and some of those steps, you know, have a lot of chemicals or it's changing the food from where it came from. And so I think our exposure to chemicals, exposure to things like that over time is just, you know, I think about it like just a little fine piece of sandpaper, just irritating the desk, you know, and I mean, that we got on our, on our pieces of wood, you know, we have all kinds of layers of protection on top of this wood to protect it. And that's what our gut does. It has five, six different layers of protection. But as those things start to get eroded away, like we live in this world now, I mean, we've always had antibacterial soap and stuff, but with COVID now everything's antibacterial. 
Um, but that's killing our good bacteria, right? And then we got antibiotics on top of that. And some people take probiotics, but they don't really know whether it helps or not. And so, I mean, that's just, you know, one layer. And then we just have damage after damage after damage of these layers. And that creates a lot of inflammation. And we, basically it opens up that space. Your, your gut is like your skin on the inside, right? So if you had, you know, you have good protection here, but if you start to have layer after layer removed, it doesn't do its job. You get infections, right. you get um, swelling, it gets red, irritated, and, and it creates, you know, more inflammation elsewhere. So, you know, the gut is just our, it, it's when it becomes inflamed and irritated and open, now all these chemicals and bacteria go right into your bloodstream, go right into your brain, go right into, you know, cells that were otherwise protected. And so your body's job is to keep you alive. And it's going to send a whole lot of signals to wherever this place is to say, these are bad things. And then it gets confused because it's trying to fight this huge war. And so it just starts attacking everything. Yeah. And, you know, that's Hence, autoimmune, but autoimmune, I mean, exactly. you know, cancer is really uh, a very similar process. Yeah. You know, there's some genetics connected, but that's, you know, that's where the stem comes from. And somebody had told me once and it stuck with me and what you were just saying about our foods and like ensuring that you get it as pure as you possibly can, right? Like the apple off the tree or like the wheat, chomp it on the wheat, right? right? So they once said to me, if you stay on the periphery of the grocery store, you have a much better chance of getting whole foods. And Absolutely. I can't agree with that more. Like stay, one of the first things that we can do is really stay away from the packaged food as much as we can. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Oh, 110%. I mean, again, what did it take to get that food into a package? You know, right. Um, I can't think of anything really except maybe coconut oil or olive oil that's in the middle of the, you know, in the middle that is okay, you know, to get yeah. from there. But, you know, what do you want? We, we need to eat our vegetables and we need to eat some form of protein. Fruit even, you know, is okay. And I'm not saying no fruit, but, you know, if we're trying to minimize sugar, which feeds any kind of inflammatory response, then, you know, fruit's not our friend either. So um, there are some super fruits like your blueberries and stuff like that, that we can certainly do. But for the most part, it's get your veggies and pick your protein and really kind of stay on the right side of the, the grocery store for the most part. I mean, every single store is usually built the same where the produce is on the right and everything else, you know, goes from there. So yeah, yeah that's a great absolutely. Tip. And the but more you can do local, you know, at this time of year is a great time for farmers markets and things like that. So, um, you know, everybody says, well, we can't always guarantee that those are organic, but I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure people growing stuff in their backyard are not going to be spraying it with all kinds of horrible things. You know, you can yeah. ask about it, but they're not going to label it organic because they don't want to go through the process of, you know, having that certification, but, um, you know, it's probably going to be a better source of nutrition for you than anything you can get in the store. Yeah, that's such great advice. Such great advice. So um, now talk to me a little bit about this book that you have. So it's called um, Normal Doesn't Have Side Effects. So you touched yes. on it a little bit. What I was saying is, you know, a lot of times I'm having conversations with my patients about what we're recommending, whether it's a supplement or whether, you know, it really stems towards more the hormone, you know, hormone imbalances and hormone therapies. So when I'm suggesting, Hey, I think, you know, maybe you need a, 
a compound hormone cream that has a mixture of some estrogens, progesterones, you know, I said, and when you start to use this, because you can see on your testing that your progesterone's low, your estrogen's low, and we're going to, you know, my goal is to bring these levels back to normal. We're not going to some crazy, you know, testosterone of 800 when it just needs to be 30 and you're 12, you know, there's, there's, you know, a slight amount of improvement there, but it's going to make a big difference in your symptoms. So, you know, as doctors or providers, we were taught in medical school, you know, I'm going to prescribe this medicine for you. And here is all the things that you need to be looking for that could happen if you take it. Right. So you probably got that with tamoxifen. Yeah. Is, you know, okay, I'm going to give you this list and you're going to feel horrible. You're going to have joint pain. You might be able to fatigue, headaches, you know, all this stuff. So uh, how does that make you feel? You know, one, you're like, well, I don't really want to take this, but now you're scared, you're worried. And, and not that, I never have anybody complain about a side effect with what I'm doing. But what I say is that, you know, my goal is to get you back to normal and normal doesn't have side effects. So I don't have a long list of things for you to expect outside of, I feel better. So if something doesn't feel normal, then you call me and you say, okay, I've been on my hormone cream for, you know, two weeks or a month. And this is what I'm experiencing. Is that common? Is that something that's expected? But I'm not going to hand you this list of side effects to look for or worry about. There's nothing. I'm going to give you that is dangerous because again, this is the exact same chemicals that should be in your body that aren't there. So there's no, you know, there's no downside. There's no call me if this happens kind of thing. So I've said that for years when I'm talking to my patients about this. And so I always say, you know, that's, I say that quote so many times that it needs to be the title of a book. And so I really right. wrote the book based on the title and said, okay, what does that mean? And how does this go? into what do I do? And, and so my book is basically um, a compilation of what I call the pillars of health. So we're addressing the gut, we're addressing nutrition, we're addressing hormone imbalances, we're addressing um, toxins and, and exposure to toxins and our stress management mindset. And then of course we have to move our body. So exercise is part of that as well and that we work hard. Um, and, and it's hard work to be healthy. You know, you don't see healthy people just sitting around doing nothing, right? Like healthy sure. people are, are cooking their own food and healthy people are exercising every day. And, and so, you know, it's not about um, what can I do to make it easy? It's just about how can I make it easier and make this part of my life? So yeah, it's a combination of that, but I really wanted to write a bit. It took me about five years of thinking about this book before I actually put it into paper because um, I didn't want it to be just another book about how to be healthy. You know, I mean, the, not mm -hmm. that there's a lot of books out there, but there are. Um, and, you know, I read a lot of books from my colleagues and things. So I'm like, I don't want it to be the same book that they wrote. I want it to be my book and something that's different. So there's some information in there, of course, that is, is connected and similar, but I then started to add in my own stories. And so you'll start to see some personal connection with having a baby in medical school and um, delivering my own baby, which is a fun story, baby number four, um, and some stressors that I've been through because, you know, we're all human. And I think that allows people to relate to me as a, as a person. So um, it's not so scary. You know, I try to live my best life, but it's not always perfect either. So, you know, as you start to share these stories, one, it was therapy for me, because some of these stories are not things that you want to share, you know, about going through a divorce and, and, um, you know, super stressful times. So 
you know, it was therapeutic for me to get some of that stuff out there. And then, you know, you can talk about it and, and it doesn't, um, it's not your cancer, you know, it's not, it's not hanging around in there, you know, bottling up. So that's kind of where this book came from. And um, it's pretty fun. And I, I have, now that I've written the first one, you know, the ideas are just yeah. you know, floating for <laughs> You've book opened number the floodgates. two and then book number three. <laughs> I want to write a book specifically about breast cancer and, and hormones and the connection there. Um, so that's, yeah. that's, and we need you, somewhere. we need you to do that because I think it's one of those things that people don't understand what that means. And right now I'm going through ovarian suppression. Mm. Um, and it's one of the most difficult things I've ever gone through. It's worse yeah. than going through a bilateral mastectomy and doing all of that. This is probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And nobody can prepare you for that. Yeah. All the things that are going to happen. Like I, um, you know, I was making it a joke the other day because, you know, we live in a high rise building. So I need to go in the elevator down, down to the main street to bring our Frenchies out. And every day, every time I go out that door, I have a different outfit on. And people must think like, what is this girl up to? Not realizing that I'm literally sweating through my clothes that I need to keep oh. changing. <laughs> and I'm like mismatched. I, I like my fashion sense to people in my neighborhood are like, what is up with this girl? Because it's absolutely terrible. Nothing, nothing <laughs> goes together because I start out cute and then it just goes downhill. Yeah. But I mean, it's stuff that you don't prepare for. And also, you know, one of the conversations that I didn't expect when I got diagnosed is what do you want to do with your eggs? Do you want kids? Do you not want children? Like, how does that work? And I think we never really think about it. Yeah. We don't think about what, you know, if I knew that when I was in my twenties, I probably would have gotten my, my eggs harvested, yeah. you know, but not that. So it's kind of like a lot of, a lot of unknowns come up. And so that's why we need people like you to bring forth this knowledge yeah, in a fun to, way you know one some more knowledge to like you said I mean uh, you know a lot of that stuff feels out of your control and you're just trying to deal with it survive through yeah. it and so you know how can we bring back to what can I control yeah um, you know you better believe mindset. you better believe I'm controlling the fan now that I never wanted to have <laughs> it's made its way towards me and I'm like don't you touch it and it's on like high blast when I used to be like, turn that thing off. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the other things that you have going on that is absolutely amazing is a retreat. Would you like to give yeah. us a little bit of information on that? I would love to. So um, I have spent some time my own self um, doing work related. So actually, when I wrote my book, I went to um, this villa in Mexico. It's a it's a house. It's a personal house um, that my mentor who um, actually helped me get into this podcast world and, and do some things on TV and whatnot. And he was having an event there and I was talking to him and I said, I really want to get this book done. And he said, well, just come, come hang out, you know, in Mexico for the week. And not all of us can do that, but, you know, I was like, I'm not going to get this book done on, you know, my Thursday afternoon admin time at work, you know, it's not, right. that's just not going to happen. And I have four kids so weekends are spent, you know, being mom and traveling around with their softball and, and basketball tournaments and all kinds of stuff. So I really felt like if I was going to get this book done, I need to go away and do it in a place that is, um, you know, a good environment for me. So I went to this retreat um, or, or this villa. And while I was there, I started thinking, well, if I'm experiencing this and this is a place where I can 
not only have relaxation, but I can be productive. And, and one of the best things is that there's this chef there and they can make any type of food that um, you require in terms of, does it need to be gluten-free, dairy-free, tomato-free or onion-free or whatever your, you know, your personal dietary benefits or, or issues are. Um, and they make it amazing and they taste good. And so it is really just what's your vegetable and what's your protein today? You know, there's very little carbs. There's no sugar. There's no bread there. There's, it's already gluten-free to begin with. So you can go to this place and have this amazing food prepared for you that is healthy. We have um, shake, not shakes, but juices. We have celery juice, which is super anti-inflammatory. We have this watermelon elixir made with ginger and turmeric, which is like an anti-cancer shot in and of itself. So, I mean, there's just this benefit. And then there's this gorgeous view. So it just brings you into this serenity. So I decided I need a place where I can bring my patients or people who aren't my patient yet to learn. So we're gonna sit around the table and have this kind of conversation. But at the same time, you're in this beautiful environment. It's a private house, so it's not a hotel um, where you're busy with other people in this conference and you know that kind of stuff. So we're going to have yoga. We're going to have meditation. We're going to have workouts. We can play tennis. If you're a tennis person, we can you know do some little hikes. And it's just a fabulous place to be. So I'm doing this health and wellness retreat in September. Um, it's the end of September, the 26th through October 2nd. And you can go to my website, amyduffymd.com, or my office website is carolinaintegrativemedicine.com, and, and you'll have the links for that um, to share as well. And I'll try to give you and share a direct link to the website for the retreat if that's something that um, piques interest of, of your listeners. What a great place to learn about some of these things we've talked about. How can I be healthy? How can I you know, incorporate some of these anti-cancer foods and and supplements and, and take some of that back. So every time I go to this villa, I sit there and I go, how can I bring some of Mexico back home and, and start to develop? And I think that I really have transformed my own. Um, I haven't transformed my backyard into Mexico by any means, but my mindset is how do I get to that place? Because I want to be happy all the time. I don't want to be, oh my God, life is stressful. And you know, oh, I can't wait to get back to Mexico again, although it's fun and, and um, a great place to be. I want to feel that when I'm home too. So yeah. that's really a goal is, okay, yes, we can get on this retreat and get away from the world, but how can we take some of that back home with us so that we can minimize stress in our regular everyday life? So and it's I would so, love to so important. Um, open that up. And it's a small group. There's only 14 beds um, so it's not going to, it's not a 200, 2000, you know, person retreat. So it can be very connected, very individualized. So, um, there's not a whole lot of spaces, so jump on it. Um, we do have some spots left. So I love that. that. I that. love that. And thank you so much for just sharing your wisdom with us, for being here with us today. And we cannot wait to see you on that retreat. So thank you so much for your Good. time today. Thank you. Take care, Lori. <laughs>